great big good morning. Want to welcome everyone here to New Church Live, and whether you're joining us live or whether you're joining us later in the week, it is great to have you here. Whether you're joining us as part of our studio audience or whether you're joining us just online, again, wonderful to have you here with us today. And today's a, a very special service in a lot of ways. There's just some beautiful things that, that we're going to be talking about today, and then we're going to get to hear from a wonderful guest speaker who's, I think, going to pull a large part of this series together. A series where we've been looking at the whole concept of possibility. How does possibility look? How does it work? How, how can we all get a fresh start in our lives? Lives, I think, that so much of the time, where it's just like, oh, Lord, could we just hit the reset button? Just, just the reset button, because life is a little bit challenging now. So what we're going to do is, as part of this, folks, we will have a question that you can answer as part of the service. And the question is a real simple one. The question is, so when you look at a fresh start, like where do you hope for a fresh start in 2022? And, and, and we've looked at that you, and, and now I want us to kind of pluralize it. Like where are we, do you think, yearning for a fresh start in 2022? You know, as a group and as a day where we're looking at the concept of the beloved community, where do you think we have that desire? You know, that shared desire to, to maybe just have the world acting a little bit differently. Now, with that question, as we often do here at New Church Live, you can actually put a response in a number of different places. We stream to a number of different platforms. You can put the answer on any one of those. As well, you're more than welcome to text me an answer. You're more than welcome to text me an answer. And my phone number is 215 740-3662. That's 215-740-3662. And if there's somewhere on your mind, like, yeah, this is where I think we really are yearning for a fresh start in 2022. Like, what is that? Where do you think that answer might be? You know, because those answers, I think, will point to the things we know and the things we really think are the most important in life. Now, today, with looking at, at this final one of a fresh start, you know, we've looked at a, a fresh start around faith. We've looked at a fresh start when our relationships are stuck. That was last week. And this week we're looking at a fresh start with community. And, and I purposely chose this one because, because I love what Martin Luther King Jr. has to say. Reverend Martin Luther King spoke so movingly about this concept of the beloved community. And, and you think about, like, life as a table. And so much of the Christian message, if you get down to it, at its very core, it's really about what they call, what, they, what the ancient Christian forefathers and foremothers used to call table fellowship. Who do we gather around our tables? Who do we welcome in? Who do we invite? Who do we appreciate? Who do we love? That's what table fellowship is all about. And as we say here often at New Church Live, like the game of musical chairs should be this. It shouldn't be every time when the music starts, a chair gets taken away. It should be every time the music stops, another chair should be added. That's the core of the Christian message. Now, part of that, folks, with understanding, means we have to sort of see our mindset in a different way. We have to recast how we see the world. There's this beautiful biblical quote that says, repent for the kingdom of God is near. Repent for the kingdom of God is near. Now that word repent is, is a fascinating word. And, and a lot of the time when you say the word repent, first thing people are thinking of is guilt. 
What did I do wrong? How did I blow it? How many of us have that view of what the word repent means? But the word repentance, listen to this. The word repentance actually means to rethink. And I've said that a bunch, but it's so important. Like, like when, when Jesus is saying, repent for the kingdom of God is near, he's saying, look, rethink. Because heaven's here. I mean, yes, there is a heaven, there is a there and then. And we also get to experience it here and now. So that word repentance, it isn't just, it isn't just this idea of this far-off thing of, of guilt and angst and all that. It's this very near thing. It's this idea of an opportunity. Like, like think of it this way. Just let this, let this sink in for a minute. What if the word repentance was one of your primary opportunities in life? I mean, we get to experience new opportunities. We get to experience weddings coming up. We get to experience many beautiful things. And imagine as well that we could see repentance. It's like, yeah, that's what God is saying here, is that, look, we get a chance to open it up. We get a chance to see the table in brand new ways. And that becomes, in turn, the beloved community. Now, what is the beloved community? Here's a quote up here for you what the beloved community is. The end, the goal, is reconciliation. Not victory, that's real important. The end is reconciliation. The end is redemption. The end is the creation of the beloved community. It is this type of spirit and this type of love that can transform. It is this love which will bring about miracles in the hearts of men. When we can live into that, folks, it's a very different view of love. It's not just love that's kind of like a, 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 a softer love out on the edges. It's a love that has this sense to it. I love people who remind me, remind us, that love, listen to this, this is beautiful, that love is not the softest force, but often the fiercest. And thus, it is in fact able to shift the world on its axis from time to time. That's what we're going to be trying to, to tap into today. A little bit of that, of that kind of love. I want you to enjoy this first song and just think, yeah, what does that love look like? How can it be in my life? Where do we maybe feel that call? Where do we maybe feel that call to do this whole thing a little better? Where are we yearning for this fresh start together? changing in front of my eyes what a beautiful thing to witness what is this consistently I'm captured in your reverie look outside the world is colored in love it's all so right what a wonderful kind of madness 
the canvas collaborates with calculated mystery. And I want to hold it in my hands and try to understand why everything is in its place, because now it's not what stays. more for you to see behind your eyes is a magical kind of spaceship every moment is a crazy kind of miracle yeah yeah look outside the moon is dancing on the water every night what an incredible kind of disco One can seem to dance without the other one Yeah, yeah And I Wanna hold it in my hands and Try to understand Why Now is not what stays. Beautiful, thank you. What a what a beautiful song, and, and just the, the the tone there, the the piece of of what the opportunity is in front of us. Like like just imagine repentance. Repent for the kingdom of God is near. It means, you know, yeah, there's an opportunity here, an opportunity around the beloved community. I, I love what one person texted me. They said, "My fresh start in my mind, my internal dialogue, creating new ways." to break the negativity and turn into positive sooner and more easily. How many of us would love to be positive more quickly? <laughs> you know, like, we would love that. We would love that because this is how negativity works. It's little pastor counseling 101. Any number times a negative number, except for, you know, a negative number, any positive number times a negative number equals a negative. I mean, that's so much the way life works. And, and folks, like, I, I think what Martin Luther King is pushing at here is that we have a choice to do it a little differently. 
to understand the beloved community. Now, the beloved community, I, I think, especially in this era of social media, it's so easy to kind of like slide into a place where we look at community and we celebrate community and we say community's really beautiful. And, and we, we confuse all the time, I think, a Facebook like with actual active activity. <laughs> you know, that we just will like community. And because I like community, that means I have built community. That is not true. It's terrific to like community. And how are you going to step into a place where you actually build it? Because I think that's what Martin Luther King is talking about here when he, when he says the end is the creation of a beloved community. Like, that's the very goal. That's what we're trying to do. And that that love that feeds that, it's not just a love where we look out and kind of celebrate like, oh, isn't this great? But, it's, but it actually, folks, it's centering us in a love. Please listen carefully to this. It centers us in a love that then in turn creates community. And it creates this righteous circle where love is creating community and that community in the end then also starts to create love. It becomes this virtuous cycle that keeps on going round and round. That's, that's an amazing opportunity, I think. Especially for a series called A Fresh Start. <laughs> Talking about possibility. That idea that, that we can do that, that we can, we can make that hope, not just a wish, but an intention. And how does faith figure into that? Well, faith, I think, is just trust that God's got this. Martin Luther King famously said that the arc of, just, uh, the arc of history bends towards justice. I think that's true. I heard one today that was really silly but really fun. Any of you folks ever heard the word before, pro-noia? I've never heard this word until this morning. I, I, we all know what paranoia is, right? You know, paranoia, we all get what paranoia is. Paranoia is where you're sure the whole world is out to get you. Pronoia means the whole world is not out to get you. The whole world is out there to bless you. <laughs> the whole world is for you. And I think there's, there's a real... Um, purchase there when we can understand yeah the world the world has all kinds of challenges I mean that's 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 irrefutable many of you are living with those challenges there's no doubt there are people who are tuning in today who just are coming here with with broken hearts you know and we get that like we share that all of us do right and faith is always holding that there's a bigger picture and that God is holding it all and not that every bad moment leads to a good moment. I don't believe that. I believe bad moments or bad moments are really hard. But that through that all, love wins. Through that all, love in the end wins. Now, folks, I think, how do, we, how do we get to that, you know, beloved community? Because I don't, I don't think it's just a light thing. I don't think it's just like, hey, I'm going to decide today to be part of the beloved community. Come give me a hug. I think, I think there's actual work involved. And some of that work, folks, has this, has this deep longing to it, this deep longing to it. So do I have everyone's permission online and in person to be a Bible geek for a second? Thank you, I was going to do it anyways. But, but the, the Bible geek part is this. I love studying different religious traditions. You know, it's all very interesting. I feel like 
we're different teams, but, but we all kind of are playing the same game. We're trying to do the same thing. Church universals we talk about in Christian New Church theology. And, and it's interesting. I love Rabbi Jonathan Sachs. He's an amazing rabbi. Uh, passed away about a year ago. And he was talking about how Judaism kind of traces its roots. And when you go back to, to the roots of Judaism, there are three sort of forefathers, Moses, Noah, and Abraham. And it's not that you need to know that. You may not even recognize those names. Maybe Noah from Noah's Ark, you might recognize that. And there's, there's, these, three, there's these three key characters. But, but Jonathan Sachs said something interesting. He said only two of them really are considered the forefathers, the ancestors of Judaism. And the one who's not is Noah. Interesting, Noah's Ark and everything. Do you know why Noah's not considered a forefather? Because he never complained to God. <laughs> like, is that good or what? He never complained. He never said, why are you doing this? He never complained. So he's not considered a forefather. Because that's, I love that. Like, that's not realistic. We all wrestle with that. And I think God actually welcomes that wrestling. Here's, here's an example. This is from, from Moses, who led the, if you're not biblically, uh, you don't know a lot of Bible stuff, simple story. Moses was, was the one who led the Jewish people out of slavery. Moses implored the Lord, his God, saying, why should your wrath blaze up against your own people? God had said, like, look, I'm just going to wipe everybody out and start over again. Whom you brought out of the land of Egypt with such great power and so strong a hand. Let your blazing wrath die down. Relent in punishing your people. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, and how you swore to them by your own self, saying, I will make you, your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. Now, now that's interesting, right? Because here in the Jewish tradition, this shows that you get it. This shows that you get it because your heart is able to break. Because you're even able to wrestle with God. Now, now God, God is never inflicting punishment on people. Really clear about that. God is pure love. God is love. Simple biblical translation there. But there sure is an appearance sometimes that the opposite is true. It's just an appearance, but there's an appearance. And if we really get it, I think we are able to wrestle with God. I think we are able to, to, to engage in this work, knowing that this work is hard. It is challenging. We will have questions. We will strain. We will have doubts. We will wonder. It, it'll be all of those things. But that's the beautiful part, folks, because I think these two things come together. When we're willing to speak out against the suffering, because our hearts break, I could add that in there, and willing to speak towards hope. I think that's so much the way life can work, when those two things really come together. And that's this longing. So when we feel the world isn't as we would love it to be, that's not a bad thing. Matter of fact, if you don't have that longing, maybe you're not paying close enough attention. Because that longing really is a, a sign and a symbol 
of how suffering and hope come together, how suffering builds hope, and how hope in a certain way sometimes can lead towards a form of suffering, but it's always what's trying to get us moving forward in our life. Because that last word is always this beloved community. When I did our little kids talk this morning at nine o'clock, I said, kids, do you know another word for beloved community? Heaven. Heaven. As in heaven, so upon the earth. A beautiful concept. What's the activity from heaven? This is from the book, Heaven and Hell. The activity, movement of love and faith is what makes heaven. And I love that idea that heaven is this movement of love and faith, this idea of love and trust. This, this lies within every community of heaven and every angel within those communities. It doesn't matter that this activity is different and distinct everywhere. It is still the activity of heaven. Boy, what a beautiful idea. So this movement of love. As we close this series, I want to introduce our guest speaker. And we're going to be talking about this beautiful sense of possibility, this beautiful wrestling, this beautiful movement through all the challenges of life to being named Ms. Universe. And how fun is that? So with that, please warmly welcome Nikki to the stage. Very good. Thank you, Nikki, for coming. So, Nikki, I'm going to let you introduce yourself first. Uh, good morning. My name is Nikki Johnson Houston. I am the reigning Ms. Universe, which is different than Miss Universe, who you may normally see on television. So, I'm a little bit older and a little bit shorter, but it's still a crown and sash, and I'm really happy to have it. Um, thank you so much, Pastor, for having me and everybody for welcoming me uh, and allowing me to share a little bit of my story. I am a tax attorney in Philadelphia with my own law firm, Philly Tax Diva. And um, my story is about possibilities. And my story is about having to get a fresh start more yeah. than once. And it is definitely a product of being part of a community. My story starts with the fact that um, I dealt with homelessness as a child. So this picture here, when you were, when you were a child. Yes, look how cute I was. <laughs> <laughs> that was a few years ago. Um, but, you know, my mother had some drug and alcohol issues, and that led to our family ending up on the streets. Mm -hmm. And I lived on the streets of San Diego for almost a year between the ages of 9 and 10 with my mother and my younger brother, Michael. Um, I also experienced homelessness again at 15 years old mm -hmm. and for the last time at 19 years old. Um, at 19 years old, I had gotten a scholarship to come from California to St. Joseph's University, and I actually failed out and lost my scholarship, and that's actually how I ended up homeless for the last time. But where community comes into place is I answered an ad in the paper, and a family uh, for looking for a job as a nanny, and a family and the family hired me, and it turned out that they were lawyers, mm. and they took me in. And they gave me a job, and they inspired me to 
pursue my dream of being a lawyer. And so I always try to say to people that no one like me makes it on their own. It is part of being a larger part of a community. It's about sometimes people seeing something in you that you cannot see in yourself and helping you to believe that you can be more than maybe you ever believed. And I would work for them during the day and I would go to school at night. And I can tell you as a lawyer now, they made great sacrifices because they made sure that one of them was home every night by six o'clock so I could go to night school. I ended up graduating from St. Joseph's University on the six-year program. So it, I actually ended up graduating from the same college that I failed out and they took me back and let me start all over mm -hmm. again. So again, community, people seeing something larger than what I could see in myself again and giving me another shot. I then went on to Temple Law School in 2000. And in 2004, I was one of the first uh, students in the history of Temple to graduate with a law degree, an MBA, and a master's in tax at the same time in four years. And I have just been one of these people that has been incredibly lucky. Even though I have gone through some difficult times in my life and I would not try to minimize them or marginalize them, what I say to people is I have had some really significant failures, but my successes have outweighed my failures. And um, my community has stepped up for me so many times when I didn't know and I didn't necessarily believe I could be all the things that I dreamed of for myself. And you might ask, if you're doing the math, how could a 40-something end up as Miss Universe? Well, I always like to tell people the story of how I ended up being Miss Universe is in my 40s, I had this dream of I wanted to be in pageants because when I was nine years old and in a homeless shelter, I remember being in the common room and Miss America came on the screen. And I saw these beautiful women in these dresses and they were going to college and it seemed like something that was impossible for me at that time. And, you know, quite a few years has passed since then, but I still had that dream in my heart. And one of the things that I want people to understand is that you may not be able to have the dreams that you want at the time that you want them, mm -hmm. but if it is God's will for you, they will happen. They will happen in God's time, not necessarily in your time. And so <laughs> many decades later, in, August, in July, I was named Miss Universe, and I was named Miss Universe with the platform of homelessness. And when I was on that mm -hmm. stage and when I was sharing my story, I was sharing not just my story, but I was sharing the story of a larger community of people who were suffering from homelessness and talking about the dreams and the hopes that they had for themselves and that they were not people who were throwaways, that they were people mm -hmm. who had hopes and dreams and children and life had not gone the way that they had hoped. And they didn't necessarily have the support systems that so many of us are fortunate enough to have, but that that didn't mean that they weren't worthwhile and that I'm also a part of that community and that I wasn't just speaking for myself, I was speaking for something larger than myself, that I represented something larger than myself. 
And that's really why I have decided to share my story. I'm really lucky my fiance, Gaten's in the audience. And when we were driving here today, I was talking about my why, why I share my story. I'm really fortunate now to be a successful attorney and talking about being homeless doesn't necessarily get me anything, but my why is I share my story for all of the kids in Philadelphia and big cities throughout the country, many of them who look like me, many who don't look like me, but who had the dreams to do something great in their life, but they don't see it around them and they're not sure that it's possible. And I want them to look at me and to say, you know what, she did it, I can do it too to be part of a larger community. One of the things, one of the reasons I'm sitting here is because of my grandmother. After my family experienced homelessness. You have a picture of your grandmother right there. That's my grandmother, mm -hmm. Ann Johnson. I was sent to go live with my grandmother. She worked most of her life as a domestic. She didn't have a lot of education. She grew up in Mississippi, the last of 12 children, and she wanted something better for her family. She knew that you know, her time had probably passed, but she wanted something better for her children and her grandchildren. And she used to tell me that I wasn't going to be judged by the things that I achieved for myself, but by the things that I helped other people to achieve. Again, what it meant to be part of a larger community. And that's why I share my story. And I think that's why I've found the success that I've found, because I've surrendered. I've surrendered to God's will um, and God's plan for me. For a long time, I really struggled with why did my family go through this? Yeah. About 10 years ago, my brother died. Um, he was addicted to drugs. He had HIV. And I'll be honest, I was angry with God. I didn't understand why. Why my smart, handsome brother who could have done anything and been anyone why he wasn't in the situation that I was in, and why my family, and I did, I'll be honest, I struggled with that for probably about a year or two. And then one day, it's like he spoke to me. And the answer was, why not your family? Because no one deserves to be in this situation. And it made me want to fight. It made me want to share. It made me want to talk about the struggle and to humanize what these issues are and why it's important to have kindness and to have love. And, you know, love is possibility. Mm -hmm. And what all of us are looking for, you know, I spent my life chasing education, chasing money sometimes. And what I have found at the end, the only thing that is really of value is your love and the love of God the love of your fellow man, the love of your larger community. And the one thing that we are all searching for, regardless of your race, your creed, your gender, we all want to feel loved. We want to feel heard. We want to feel seen. We don't necessarily want to be agreed with. That would be nice. <laughs> but we do want to feel that we're important and we have a place in this world. And that's what most of us are searching for. But the one thing that I now know is true is that I always had those things. I just had to see that they were there. 
I always was afraid that every time I made a mistake, like when I failed out of college, I always felt that I was messing up God's plan for me. But that was God's plan for me. That that path, that mistake, that lesson that I was supposed to learn from was what I was supposed to do. So now when I go into a high school and I talk about being a lawyer, a lot of the kids can really, it resonates with them, the idea when I talk about I went to college and I had a hard time and I didn't know how to ask for help and I failed out. And it actually resonates stronger with them yeah. that I failed and that I came back, that yeah. I had a fresh start yeah. and that you can because most people's lives don't go perfect. And I know that there are people out there right now that are struggling um, you may have lost a family member. You may have lost a job. There's a lot of uncertainty that's going on in the world right now. And you might feel like you don't know how you're going to get through. And I'm not going to lie and say that it's easy because it isn't. But if you hold on to your sense of community, whether it's your family, whether it's your church family, you can get through it. You know, that success is on the other side of whatever it is that you're going through. I think the thing that I want you to really hold on to is that everything that you need to succeed, you do already have inside. Yeah. And I think that for me has been one of the most important lessons. Yeah, boy, that's beautiful. Thank you. Just hold it. Thank you. And, and, and he, like, that's such a powerful story, right? And, and, that idea of grit and resilience. And was, was there a moment for you where you were like in the midst of real storms where you had a moment where it was like, I'm going to be okay? So when I failed out of college, I went and got a job as a live-in nanny before the family that I lived with. And um, it didn't work out. And I was looking at being homeless again. <laughs> and I had about $30 in the bank. And I didn't know where I was going to be that night. And um, the day before, I'd been out hoofing it, looking for a new job. And I met this gentleman. He was very nice and started talking to me and asked for my number. And I normally wouldn't give him my number. He called right after I realized I wasn't gonna have a place to stay. He called and I said, I can't talk to you right now. I'm about to be evicted from where I am. I just lost my job. He said, I'll call you back in 15 minutes. He called me back in 15 minutes. He got a Greyhound, uh, he got a moving truck, moved all of my stuff, put me in a, in a hotel until I found the job with the family of lawyers wow. that I told you about. And that night, he slipped under the door, and I came across it like a month ago. He slipped underneath the door a letter to me, and he said, I see something really special in you. And he says, in the future, I think that you are going to do something really wonderful, and you're going to be a role model to millions of girls. And I thought to myself, this dude is crazy. Um, but it stuck in my head wow. that I, maybe I could do something great. And that's what my grandmother used to say. She used to say, you're destined for greatness. And 
I just thought that's what my grandmother was saying. But in that moment, I thought, I'm gonna be okay. Yeah. I'm gonna be okay. And over time, I think what's happened is I got those little wins yeah. and I survived. And I think now when bad things happen, it's not that sometimes I don't fall apart or I don't cry, but it doesn't take me as long to kind of bounce back. And I think what I realize now is that whatever gets thrown at me, I will get through it. And you know how they say that um, at the, in the end, everything will work out, it'll be fine at the end. And I know our first response is kind of to say, what's well, not working out? Well, then it's not the end. <laughs> so well said. <laughs> so well said. So a final question for you. So if you could do time travel and go back and see her, what would you tell her? You're beautiful. You're worth loving. You got this. That's good. Nikki, can't thank you enough. So what a, what a beautiful story there. And as, as the musicians come out here, just folks, think about that, right? And, and, and the resilience there and, and the power there. And, and not just sitting on it in terms of, of a beautiful story, but, but the community that took part. The community that was part of that. The community that fed and supported the whole idea of possibility. So enjoy this song. And then when we come back, we're going to talk again about like how to be a conductor in this beautiful thing we call the beloved community. banging on your chest you can beat the world you can beat the war you can talk to God go banging on his door you can throw your hands up you can beat the clock you can move a mountain you can break rocks you can be a master don't wait for luck dedicate yourself and you go find yourself standing in the hall of fame All the records they thought never could be broke Do it for your people, do it for your pride How you gonna know if you don't ever try Do it for your country, do it for your name Cause there's gonna be a day when you're standing in the Hall of Fame And the world's gonna know your name Champion, be a champion. 
teachers, be politicians, be preachers. Be believers, be leaders, be astronauts, be champions, be truth seekers. Be students, be teachers, be politicians, be preachers. Be believers, be leaders, be astronauts, be champions, standing in all the fame. And the world's gonna know your name. On the walls of the Hall of Fame Greatest You can be the best You can be the king Come banging on your chest You can beat the world You can beat the world You can talk to God Go banging on his door You can throw your hands up You can beat the cloud You can move a mountain You can break rocks You can be your master Don't wait for luck Dedicate yourself And you gon' find yourself Standing in the Hall of Fame So as we, we close today's service, you know, uh, wow, Nikki, what a beautiful story. And, and just, just incredible to, to hear it. And, and I, I, you know, I, I think with these stories, they just remind us of these greater truths about life, these, these bigger pieces about life and how life works and, and how things move forward. I think what we need to close, you know, just thinking about closing this series, a fresh start, you know, is this idea that we have to have a theology of contribution. A theology of that we are here to give our gifts. And I love, <laughs> love that idea. I love that idea of, of, you know, the note, Nikki being slid under the door. And I'm thinking of, of Nikki's grandmother up there going like, that was a good one. The beauty of that, right? The theology of contribution. Because when we get the theology of contribution, like here's, here's something to think. Theology of contribution, it's when our gift and forever meet. It's where our gift and forever meet. And then that gift grows and it ripples out. It's no longer just our possession. It becomes our position. It becomes where we stand and what we offer, this part where forever is moving through us. I love the idea, you know, the idea of, of Martin Luther King Day and, and, and what it all means. And I, I love the idea of the word conductor. Conductor. There's a bunch of different ways to see that, that word. You know, one is like a train conductor, you know, somebody who's there on the train, the tracks, and, and they're, they're driving the thing. You know, you really don't drive a train, but they're, they're in charge of the train. Uh, 
And the other one is the idea of a music conductor and, as a former electrician, a conductor of electricity. Think about those, those different meanings, right? And the idea that, that, that the honor of, of, you know, when we speak to Martin Luther King's legacy, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, he was a conductor. Just like a conductor in front of a wonderful symphony. And that conductor, the conductor takes the music and then the music moves through them. And they know, the greatest thing they know is it was never about them. It was always about the music. It's always about allowing these things to move through us. And that's where we find our truest, best selves. That's where we're able to live these incredibly inspiring stories like we heard from Nikki. Getting we're just a conductor. Life is good. It's blessed. It's beautiful. And we get a chance to do that into the world. Offering that gift. Conducting that. And allowing life to grow as a result. That, my friends, becomes the beloved community. I do want to urge you to think about that. You know, I was out, out to meal with a dear friend, and we were, we were talking about community, like, and how hard it is in this day and age to, to actually do it and to actually create it, because people are tired, and, and, and they're, they're a little bit, um, I don't know, cynical might not be the right word, but, but people have sort of pulled back a little bit from that, and, and what I'm going to urge us all to do is to just keep leaning forward into that. Because that's where we, community-wise, find a fresh start. That's where we can show up for other people. And that's where we create our bet of the beloved community. Amen. What we're going to do now is I'm going to invite Nikki back up on stage, and we're going to do a closing prayer. So with that, I do want to say thank you, folks, for coming. Again, we have a number of different things, too, at New Church Live. You can go onto our homepage and find a number of different things we have with that in terms of getting involved and standing in that idea of the beloved community, standing in that idea of maybe there's a small group you want to join, maybe there's a, a program you want to be part of, they're all on our new website, and we hope you can take part. So with that, I'm going to stand on over here. Could we thank Nikki one more time? Thank you, Nikki. That was so good, so good, so good, so good. So I just need to say the little piece, the little piece where we got to know each other was I get to do the wedding with her and her beloved, which will be way, way, way fun. So looking forward to that a great deal. So please join us in a prayer. Can I totally put you on the spot to add a little bit to the prayer? Sure. All right. So, Lord, thank you for your presence here today. Thank you for bringing us into this space, the space of a fresh start, new beginnings, possibility. Thank you, Lord, for introducing me to this new community. Thank you for opening everyone's hearts to allow me to share my story and hopefully that everyone will take from this the possibilities of creating their own community 
of showing love and kindness and respect to other people, including themselves. Thank you, Lord, for again being here. Thank you for the moving words we were able to share today. Be with us, Lord, in the week ahead. Help us to do our bit to become part of this loving community, not love that is just, Lord, at a sacrament level, but love that is at a sacrificial level. Love that's willing to give, to give to these higher purposes, to help each other on our journey home. Be with us in the week ahead, Lord. Amen. a train coming you don't leave no baggage you just get on board all you need is faith to hear the diesels humming you don't need no ticket you just thank the Lord